0: Doing at a good time we got john and joseph are from resistance house band uh yeah brian couldn't be here he um forgot <laughs> so
1: oh, is that what it was
0: yeah <laughs> that's his alibi because he forgot right. about it that's okay though because i'm gonna convince brian to do another episode um resistance house band you guys have an ep coming out uh on halloween digital release yes yep. and then you're doing a physical release at springwater November 5th mm-hmm. and that's excite um, <laughs> how long has it been yeah, since your last release um, so yeah it's been a really long time uh, 2015 is the last time we put out anything that was like you know, really official um, we, we had an EP called Revenge of the scientists that, that came out back then but that was um that that like that was not with Brian or joseph or anything that was with uh steven was the drummer at the time and we didn't have a basis back then we were two-piece so like that's a very that's a very different band from from what we are now how long have um has resistance house band operated under that name yeah so um since uh, i i guess like summer of 2010 oh wow um, yeah so which i mean like you know, granted that, like, you know, that, that first that first round was just me, um, where, like, I, I had been trying to, like, form, like, some kind of alternative rock band, and it just wasn't working out. I couldn't get, like, a lineup going or anything, and I, I started off writing songs about zombies as kind of, like, a, a palate cleanser between trying to write the songs I thought I was going to actually form a band with, and, like, at a certain point, I realized, like, oh, I've got, like, six of these, and I can't get a lineup going, like, i should just start performing this and so like initially it was like just me playing by myself and it's uh, like it it grew kind of slowly at first and you know took a took a couple years to start to really sound like what it is now um or you know anything even close to it Mm. but yeah um so did you grow up with music in the house um kind of, I mean, like my, so my dad, my dad's played guitar for a really long time. Um, and he used to, uh, play in like a cover band in, uh, DC that, you know, was like, you know, doing pretty well. Like, you know, they, they could, they could play to, you know, a couple hundred people at like, you know, whatever mm-hmm. venue they had residency at. So, um, you know, so I was surrounded with that a lot, um, of just like him always having guitars around and, um, uh we had a piano and so like you know really early on like that was my first instrument was learning piano um that being said my my parents didn't really like project their their musical interests onto me very much like in fact it took me a long time to like find out my mom liked rock music right. like i had to like get into rock music independently before like there there was any acknowledgement of like oh you like nirvana i've listened to nirvana for a really long time and it's like you, you could have fucking loved right <laughs> like, <laughs> um yeah Mm -hmm. i I had to listen to a whole lot of shitty music and and just have some bad taste for a while and and, (laughs) so what would they play in the car this is like did they um they listened to like they don't want to show you the good (laughs) shit we're gonna put on some shitty stuff um so they they were pretty limited like the one thing that they listen to a lot is folk music Okay. Um, Where like um you know they're big fans of like roger mcguinn and like he that's the guitarist for the birds um and he he has a really cool project called the Folk Den Project where like his whole thing is like preservation of songs that uh, are at risk of being lost forever. You know, it's like they're, mm-hmm. they're older, obscure songs that like if nobody makes some new recordings of them, like there is a decent chance that like nobody's going to remember they exist and like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're not documented in enough places to guarantee that that documentation is going to exist in perpetuity. And so like he he's done a couple of those releases where like it's him collaborating collaborating with like a bunch of people to make sure there's new recordings of that and like that's a lot of what I remember listening to growing up it's just like a ton of that stuff which is really cool but it's also a very like weird relationship with music compared mm-hmm. to most people Because like you know a lot of people are just like yeah my dad liked Zeppelin so I like Zeppelin mm-hmm. you know it's like and for me like there's a lot less of an emphasis even on like a specific artist because like the the point was it's like the songs were were really the highlight of it um and also like with way more exposure to like story songs than like that that's something that's always stood out to me it's like i i wonder if that contributed to coming up with a band like this because a lot of folk music is telling stories yeah. and like that's what this yeah. is, is telling yeah stories. that's interesting yeah no it wouldn't be obvious that that would have folk roots maybe even to you yeah but but that's interesting <laughs> yeah yeah as yeah it's like it almost is like uh like a folk style because you are telling it's it's very story driven yeah what you do yeah, i love and like um if you don't know alice they they really put on a great show like that every time i've seen them they're like um you, you have bandages on like uh oh, yeah. like it's it's the it's the house band during the zombie apocalypse man check it out uh, so this, this is going to feel random, but do you guys have any pets? I, I, yeah. I don't, I live with
2: three dogs, but okay. uh, none of them are mine. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I've got a cat, uh, named Hamlet, uh, that, that we adopted like a year ago. So that's, that's nice it right now. Uh, what's,
1: what's the cat look like?
0: Uh, like tuxedo cat.
1: Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I have a black and white Fancy. cat too. Yeah. She's cow print, uh, Okay. Yeah. Those the black and white cats, they're like of similar varieties. Yeah. So they're funny. They're so this is,
0: this yeah. is perfect. Do you just have one cat? Mm-hmm. And you have any dogs? No dogs. Okay. So I just learned something awesome. very interesting. And I, I don't know how true this is, okay? This is just something I heard. But I heard that cats have mind control parasites in their poop. Mm, yes. That just stayed in people. And they make you love them.
1: Yeah, and they make so, you do uh, also other weird things, such as uh, what are you doing are with the my... cat? <laughs> <you> what <know, laughs> is your cat you like, do? Um, I'm worried for you now. There, no, there's like there's this whole thing, and I might be talking about something else. But there's this thing where like it like if you get it, it makes you like more of a risk taker in ways too. Have you heard about that? Like no, does, like uh, it affects people that way might be a different thing but it like but what you're talking about you said mind control parasites that make you love them mm-hmm. that's super interesting
2: that's yeah i, that, I mean, always
1: feel that happening like it made me know. start thinking about egypt and like how they worship <laughs> cats <laughs> oh dude that's a good point
0: i don't know man now i'm all sus about cats now i love see i love animals. cats and I've, I've been around cats a lot i'm very much a cat person and i'm like how much of that is my freedom, <laughs> or how much of that is cat, my cat mind control how much More, does it matter if it's for free will? Oh. Um, I guess I not, because I love cats either way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, good point. Good point. It doesn't really matter, I guess. Do you know, or, cats, I'm already subject uh, to it. Cats so. die
1: after sex. <laughs> the one that I fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, well. I think I've already used that joke on this podcast at some point. Not about cats, but
2: something else
1: something else yeah
2: was it it funny the first time no it's never
1: funny (laughs) (laughs) especially when i do it shows it bombs every single time
2: (laughs) from stage yeah 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 (laughs) that's That's a a great
1: that's a great one right yeah so anyway about your cats with the mind control oh no that was it
0: i just um i heard that and it's um ever since it was like two or three days ago i guess and i've just been thinking about it a lot um do you guys think you guys, do you, think guys you, think? you actually
1: love your cats. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think so. She's sweet and cute, uh, but she is a pain in the ass a lot of times. Mm. What about you, sir?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was, I was gonna say, like, I mean, like, I, I like animals a lot, and I, mm. and you know, and I, I want to, to give Hamlet a good life, but like, I, I do think, like, my wife is like, is definitely the one who's like, just you know, who just adores Hamlet. I'm the one who like has to be a stern parent about mm-hmm. him so like yeah I, I feel like um I'm I'm not I'm not as like blinded by him so I'm probably not actually you know having stuff gestate quite as quite as much yeah yeah, yeah you're immune to the the cat you just love it yeah. by just because yeah I feel like um I I, I was a teacher for for years and I, I feel like oh, I good. have I feel like I have a teacher relationship with Hamlet of like you know like we're gonna be cool as long as you're doing the right thing, but like, also, I, I expect you to to do this right, and and uh, he he has to relearn that every single day. So, <laughs> what did uh, what did you teach? So, um, all all five years, I, I taught English as a second language uh, at the mostly at the fifth grade level. There was, there was a couple exceptions to that, but like, it, like every year, I was definitely teaching fifth grade. And it was just a question of was there an extra grade level that got thrown in there or something, but.
2: So, oh, that's cool. Um,
0: yeah, so, you know, mostly, um, I mean, mo- mostly kids who speak Spanish, Um, occasionally, like, Arabic and Kurdish and Mandarin and, you know, some, some uh, like, more obscure ones as well. But, yeah. That's awesome. That kind of stuff. Yeah. um, hard segue. Not that that's not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, go, go for it. You go. Um, it's design, okay, so. so what would, okay, like, I guess the best way for me to put this, I'm, I'm going to give you two... Options, I guess. Um, it's zombie apocalypse time. Do you want the katana or the baseball bat? Let's start with Joseph.
2: Um, Five seconds on the clock. Just kidding. I've got I've got no training with the katana, so I'm going to go for the, the baseball bat. Mm. Do you play baseball ever? I played one season of baseball, and I was dog shit at it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's still more training oh, than
1: none, right? Yeah. But I,
2: I, I feel... More confident in my ability to just hit something with the with the blunt object than to use a technique <laughs> with a sword that's He's not, not going to end in me getting stabbed in the face. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm I'm definitely leaning towards baseball bat. My my thought is that katana won't stay sharp forever, and also has the ability to get stuck um, in a way mm-hmm. that a baseball bat wouldn't. Um, also, I, I have I have beaten up at least like a fake zombie with a baseball bat. Before, <laughs> um, we we uh, there there is a show that we like we we made like a life size zombie corpse and strung him up from the rafters and at, at the end of our set, oh, that's cool, uh, just bashed to with nice all so. so, you have a little bit of experience, yeah, yeah, more experience <laughs> with, with that than I do hitting things with a katana. So, um, okay, so I phrased the same question to you guys, okay.
1: Um, they I, I initially thought katana, but they're uh, they brought up really good points about the baseball bat, okay. I gotta say. Uh, especially the heart getting stuck. I didn't <laughs> yeah. even think about that. Like a, a baseball bat definitely wouldn't. Uh, so Thank I can be swayed I'll, I'll change one to baseball bat. I'll say baseball bat. And then if it breaks, then you then you then have a sharp object probably yeah. to stab yeah. with. You could also just put nails in it if you want to. Oh, you could do that and be like uh, the dude. <laughs> oh yeah, the zombie dude. Yeah, the zombie, zombie dude. Yeah, y'all know yeah. What I, everyone knew yeah. yeah. what I was talking about. <laughs> <He> me <immediately. laughs> Uh, Phil. Yeah, that bat yeah. is obvious choice. That. Yeah, that was also, well,
0: that was unanimous. Yeah. So, like, there's five baseball bats and five katanas. All katanas
2: are getting left behind. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all know anything about zombies. Like, only someone who doesn't know anything about fighting zombies would,
0: would pick the katana. So, would you, I guess, would you rather have a gun or a bow? A bow. You yeah. can
1: make arrows a lot easier than you're gonna be able to make bullets. It's
0: also quieter if you're yeah. trying to pick off one at a time.
1: Hmm. Depends hey, on the gun, because
2: still... hmm. nice. I, I feel like if if you're giving me like a pistol or something, I'm, I'm gonna go with the with with the bow. But if I had a shotgun and enough ammo, where I, I can't aim for shit, but that's a nice thing about yeah, shotgun.
0: Right? Yeah. yeah, true, true. Yeah, I think ammunition's a thing, right? It's like like you said, and then there's also a stealth. Yeah, I think a bow. It's like I don't know, there in, in that setting, I think there's a lot more practicality to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you guys think is ultimately gonna kill people, or do you think we're not? Do you think we're just gonna spread out and then infect the world or the universe? I mean, like, what sorry, do you do you mean like, uh, like, like in the human race, like? Like, what do we think is realistically actually going to? Yeah, happen?
1: not not zombies, but yeah, yeah. not um, that. But it could <laughs> be zombies. I mean, that's. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be... I mean, I don't know. I'm
0: I'm inclined to. <laughs> it could be like some Resident Evil shit, I suppose. Like, so like some bioterrorism stuff. Yeah, right, go
1: ahead. There you
0: go. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm inclined to think, like, I mean, either, either just like such complete degradation of the environment that like it, it it just completely inhibits her ability to to function the way we've we've ever historically functioned or or nuclear warfare or, or the two that like if it's gonna end i feel like it's gonna be one of those two ways yeah but uh, yeah i try to be optimistic but things just don't seem
2: it's hard it's hard to be optimistic <laughs>
0: what, is. what do you think
2: yeah, yeah. I, I think, Alex, we talked about this a, a little yeah. bit last time, and I mean, clearly there are too many fucking people, mm-hmm. and I think in a lot of ways, we are destroying ourselves. Um, I, I I think I'm more inclined, though, to believe that we're not necessarily headed to just one exact end as much as we're going to reach a capacity for our species yeah and we'll have to kind of be weaned down to a more sustainable level over time okay so so that sounds
0: like a path forward then do you think that that could save us um do you think it's it, long enough for us to like gestate the rest of the universe it'll save some of us okay. we're not all making um, it yeah yeah <laughs> true true i mean I, I can't help but think that like you know with, with what we've experienced recently with with covid like i feel like that that's been really telling for how anything in the future might play out because i feel like that that we we saw very clearly that there's some people who like take in the new information and are kind of like okay we're we're going to change how we approach things to accommodate the fact that that we we have this new very difficult thing to grapple with there are also people who will go to really great lengths to enable themselves to not grapple with that, that like, you know, there, there's a lot of people I think, I think are genuinely afraid. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that anybody who like outright denies this is, is, I don't think it's as simple as they're just idiots, but that like, I think they, they handle the stress and the fear and the uncertainty in a very different way. Mm. And I think that ignoring the fact that there are new concerns to grapple with is ultimately, not a good survival strategy and I and I while I would love to think that the next time we have something of similar magnitude that people will be better about it I think what we've seen is that there are some people who are just not very well equipped for that and that the next one's not necessarily going to go any better than than this one did and Mm -hmm. I, I think COVID's been really tricky in that like a lot of the people who deny it don't end up being the ones who pay the price for it but there's no guarantee that the next time we run into something like that that it's still going to have that same level of, of protection that like the people who don't take it seriously are you know are, are in any way insulated from the consequences like there could be something down the line that like you know i mean not that i think this is going to happen but like if zombies happen like whoever says like zombies aren't real i'm gonna go mm-hmm. hang out is fucked. Like that, that that will have instant negative consequences for them as a result of their actions. And I, I feel like there may be certain scenarios like that. That if if any new catastrophe occurs, those same people who approached COVID the way they did might not fare as well in, in new situations. Mm. So that may result in some weeding out at, at a certain point. And hopefully, people learn and you know just because somebody didn't navigate this this first thing when it's really new and scary, well, I mean, that doesn't mean they won't do better in the future, but um, but I think some people will continue to make poor choices each time they're faced with this and, and that some people may just not be able to grapple with it. Yeah, I can see that. It's, um, have you seen Idiocracy? Yeah, once. <laughs> it's, it's been a little while. Like yeah. a foreshadowing of that. It's sick, of it. it sticks out, yeah. Yeah um so do you have any like do you do you think people evolve naturally or do you think there's some kind of missing link in how we came to be i mean like when i say missing link, so examples uh to would be something like um like a stone ape theory like monkeys took mushrooms um or or like a hominid early hominid took mushrooms so we like
1: the insemination thing we're like aliens. yeah, or like <laughs> alien
0: intervention of some
1: kind mm-hmm, like yeah, so we're like part alien or some shit.
0: Does something seem more likely to either? So I was originally an anthropology major, and I think that's maybe dictated my answer already because like i i I definitely spent a lot of time with like just kind of the progression of human evolution. and i I feel like it's compelling, like as it is um. Mm-hmm.
1: I do have a question. Not that I don't know, but for yeah, the okay. audience, members, yeah. Yeah. yeah, what exactly is anthropology? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So, in case anybody, you so know,
0: I, mean, ba- base, like like, I mean, basically, like literally, the study of humanity. It, it. So, originally, when I went to undergrad, my my goal was to be an archaeologist, and that's one of okay. the four. There are four kind of subcategories of anthropology. Um, and they they all basically come down to just the the study of humans as, as its own kind of scientific pursuit. Um, so archaeology is one facet of it. There's linguistic anthropology of studying you know the the evolution of language and and how how do we develop language to communicate, which can include like the evolutionary process of language, but then also like how how do our brains enable us to use language so well when so many other organisms cannot do that
2: right.
0: um the other two are cultural anthropology which I mean, is pretty self-explanatory literally just study of culture how how does it how is it disseminated how do people interact with ideas surrounding culture that kind of stuff and then there's biological anthropology which is the is that literal study of how did humanity come to the point that we are mm-hmm. now what were the steps along the way mm-hmm. um i i don't feel as much of an expert on on biological because like it's one of those like I took the core classes but like archaeology was what I was going for on it but um but there there was some like mandatory coursework on it that um yeah I I mean like I I think I felt like the more I was learning about it the more I was like oh I see why they think this and like it, it did start to feel like very convincing and like um you know of just like any issue of a missing link started to feel not like there was something that needed to have happened there but just the fact that that's that's just the reality of what the archaeological Mm -hmm. record is. So I I know you said you didn't specifically study uh, biological anthropology but do you remember anything uh, to to the best of your ability can you help me understand maybe what those steps were to get us there? I mean so it 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 basically just comes down to a a point of divergence um, very long time ago. I, I don't want to say a specific year total because I mm-hmm. feel like I'm going to get that totally wrong. But like where you know we we know that we share a a large amount of DNA in common with chimpanzees and and that you know apes specifically are the the most uh, similar to to humans when we when we look at that and so that. Very, very long time ago, there was a a point of divergence where conditions started to favor some of the qualities that humans have versus what a lot of other apes at the time possessed. Um, you know, things like like an upright uh, structure and and you know, walking as as a bipedal organism started to be more valuable than remaining on all fours. That some something about the conditions made it that anybody who could get taller. Had a better chance of staying alive longer and reproducing more and contributing more of their genes than anybody else does. Do you have any ideas about what the conditions might have been? Because, because um, it, if I'm sorry, I just want to say no, it. no, that's... so the thing that I I have a hard time wrapping my head around with that idea mm-hmm. is I don't see how like natural selection or evolution would would account for consciousness because i don't i don't see how consciousness has any immediate benefits to your survival it kind of seems to me like we waste a lot of our time with it <laughs> like now, now there are that's long-term counter benefits, benefits right it really i don't, I don't see does, how natural you know, selection can
1: yeah, possibly know that know that. So, that seems like
0: a big <laughs> i did i mean and maybe i maybe i'm just not putting pieces kind of together so i true. i think that maybe maybe the issue with that is that like come, comes down to a question of like for these intermediate steps between that that common ancestor that we shared with with apes versus you know and then all the all the species going from that line to to us because you know there there are there are stepping stones that are not human but are working their way towards that Mm. how many of how many of those would you consider to have consciousness to the way that we point. do it now um what i think it is is more that i'm not sure that consciousness really means anything more than just that our brains have hit a certain level of capacity where like we can afford a certain level of frivolity that is not necess- necessary for survival anymore it's just a thing our brain is capable of doing while still more easily meeting
1: the needs of our survival maybe
0: it's, maybe it's because we needed to socialize better it could Never, be. And, I mean, communicate I mean, better. I think, than,
1: yeah. Social awareness, being a thing. yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe that's maybe, maybe that's hard. why we de- develop yeah. a bigger brain. Maybe consciousness
1: is important for social awareness. Yeah, and I, they, interesting. And maybe you make a really
0: good point that other animals seem to show a lot of what we would consider like sapient self-awareness, like, like Octopus. Yeah, is, yeah. Dolphins. Uh, uh. Like
1: some primates. Mm-hmm. It's like. It'll yeah, like, I didn't think about it like that. Okay, so what's something interesting to me just because to touch yeah, on that point is how pets can emulate that in a way. Yeah, that like so, dolphins and octopus, octopi, octopus, octopuses. I, I, I <laughs> think I think it is. I think it is. Is it that? Uh, it, it's it's not. It's not
0: octopi. It's that. not octopi. I, I that, remember
1: hearing that. somewhere That's, a, that's wrong. It's a Yeah, bo-bop. that's that's
0: a made up thing that sounded good. It's, it's not
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Right, but anyway, yeah, either way. So like those, like maybe the dolphins and them actually do have consciousness, but it's interesting that pets can emulate it so that we think that they do. I yeah, think dogs are pretty something. Even though that, yeah, some, but there's arguments that they're not, there's oh, arguments that okay. they are, there's arguments that we're not too. But <laughs> <Pretty true, true. laughs> right. that's That's one of those
0: things that we're like, I mean, I, I feel like that maybe is an indicator of, of us seeing not full scale evolution, but at least like a very microscopic aspect of that, of like, I think there is some selection pressure that like, if you're an animal that can emulate a human trait, that means that a human is more likely to want to keep you around and adopt you. And and I do think that at this point, there may be, there may have been some pressure to keep those genes active for, for Mm -hmm. creatures that, that could mimic
1: humans a little bit but you could, um, which you could also call a social awareness. So maybe it is a yeah. consciousness or a form of it, at least.
0: Yeah, I mean, like a kind of a room mm-hmm. there, like a, like a building block of it. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting because it that would mean it would evolve as a specific kind of consciousness that's like interacting with people. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Which, I, like, isn't isn't that um isn't that what meowing is?
1: Yeah. Shit. To, yeah, yeah, right, back to meowing. cat mind control. Yeah. They don't. They're only now humans. Yes. Yep. Oh, my God, which I've always found super interesting.
0: Cats yeah, are freaking true. me out, man. <laughs> Dude. Because it imitates a baby's mm-hmm. cry.
1: Mm-hmm. Bruh. It's the closest thing they can... It's the closest frequency, yeah, something like that. Did you watch that? There's a thing on Netflix that came out recently. It's about cats. Yeah. Know, there's probably a bunch of things, but there's one that came out recently. <laughs> no. Yeah, and I, I think know. it yeah. said that exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's super interesting. Like a documentary? It? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... So that being said, do you think uh, extraterrestrial life has interacted with Earth at all? I used to ask um, people if they believed in extraterrestrial life, but that's unanimously well, there's life out there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That's so. I mean, so I, I I guess my thought is like, I mean, I I would never say confidently like, yeah. Um, I I'm just I'm definitely the kind of guy who, like I'm I'm okay with like not having a firm stance on something mm-hmm. i really don't know but like yeah one, one thing that does stand out to me though and I, i've always found this very funny that like the pentagon like outright admitted like very early in pandemic like hey there were some ufo encounters and we really don't know what they are yep. but everybody's like cool we're all about to die we don't fucking care like it's <laughs> just like no one no one talks about that and like you know like but also like i i get it because I also don't care because yeah. uh, it was just like so low on my list of priorities and it, it never caught up. Um, but I mean, that that might've been something. What is the meaning of life?
2: Joseph. Joseph is the meaning of life. Yeah. Damn. Thank you, yeah, I'm, We've I'm, all I'm been looking tired. for it. We've all been about it. I've been right here this whole time. I don't really know why <laughs> so you guys recognize you. <laughs> um The meaning of life is to play in a zombie rock band. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then go home and drink beer and play Spyro the Dragon. <laughs> you're doing yeah, it bro. Spyro. if you, if you want anything more than that then you're just yeah. kind of a dickhead. So, so you're basically Buddha. You have fulfilled achievement. <clears throat> um I'm, I'm working on it. Most yes, yeah.
1: people aren't aware that but Buddha was a huge Spyro fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah sure. <laughs> I really I really do like Spyro. Did you play the Reignited really, trilogy? I did. Hell oh,
2: yeah.
1: I platinumed every game. I was nice. super like into it when it came back up. Love me some Spyro. Uh I could see like some of the early working, like because it's Insomniac. It's the guys that made the Spider-Man game that came out. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, it's like I could just see some of those early working, some of those puzzles that they put in that game that's like in the new Spider-Man game. It's like you can tell there's like pieces of it you can definitely tell. It's like these are the same folks.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) You play anything recently?
1: Mm, Yeah. Uh I uh the new horizon Forbidden Mm -hmm. West game. How is it? Amazing. It's nice. it's a bit much. <laughs> I um I've never <laughs> there's finished. a lot of mechanics, but it's a good game. I never finished Zero Dawn, but or uh yeah, that one. But yeah, you got I, I uh, really, really liked
0: it. Yeah, super. Great. Cool.
1: Yeah, so Forbidden West is obviously it's very similar gameplay, but expands on some of that. So that's why I mean like I feel like they struck a really good balance with zero dawn. Okay. And this, this one's a bit much, but once you get like used to it, it's it's better, but it takes a minute. I got stuck games in that like that. game a lot. Like, Horizon was really hard for me. It's a hard game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What
0: about you guys <laughs> playing anything recently? Besides Spyro? I, I have <laughs> played some of Zero Dawn recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you but, like uh, it? Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I'm still, like, I, I took a break from it for a second, but I definitely am going to get back to it. Um, I think a couple, like, indie kind of like horror unsettling, like, uh, like Oxen Free is real good. Well, I heard about that. Right? <laughs> That's uh that's excellent. I, yeah, I would like it, it's it's a hard one to talk about without spoiling. Okay. Um but it, it's it's a very very well crafted storyline mm-hmm. and it it uh it has really remarkable replay value in that like replaying it feels like you're still Playing the first game, like it, like it has, it has narrative significance to start it over, nice. which is, which is a really clever way to approach that. Interesting.
1: It's hard for them. I feel like it's hard for developers to do that to give yeah. it a good replayability. So I really respect it when you see it in the game.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, that's that's really good. What
2: have you played? Um, uh, Spyro the Dragon. No, <laughs> not, uh, you said not that. Uh, Spyro. 1, like Spyro <laughs> two, Spyro <laughs> <Star laughs> three, uh,
0: the bad PS ones, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I, 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 I played recently all the way through a game called Dusk, which is mm-hmm. uh, basically a, kind of a, like a Doom ripoff that came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. And it's very cool because uh, it's like, take like 1993 Doom, but then make it actually make sense <laughs> to release today. <laughs> And that's that's what that game is. Nice. It's the same so like
1: graphics though, like the yep, yeah. yeah. but that's but, awesome.
2: But the mechanics, and there's like a lot of like mechanical and like quality of life kind of improvements <laughs> <Nice. that laughs> quality just... of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, we've uh, we've come to expect more from our, our uh, entertainment okay, since yeah, 1993. Sure. Um, but back on uh, on Horizon Zero Dawn, I, I didn't I don't like that game. Yeah. I tried it. I it's tried cold it. As ice. I don't I don't <laughs> you know what I, I think there's there's something to be said about making a game that's like doing one thing really well instead of like oh every game has to have crafting in it because Minecraft was popular right like mm-hmm. the the kids or... on Twitch are always playing Minecraft so we gotta you gotta make your own eras obviously <laughs> right. that'll that'll satisfy everyone's ABD brain yeah. I, honestly like I I get why some people like that but like I would rather more games just ditch the whole. We have this gigantic open world you can explore. It's all fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, There's giant yeah. robot dinosaurs.
1: What are you talking about? I feel, sure. I, 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 do, I do feel you. There's a lot of open world games that are like that. Uh, and it's annoying, especially any Ubisoft game that comes out. My gosh, they pump them out. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn is pretty dense comparatively, but I definitely feel you. Uh, especially at like far cry games that's a ubisoft game i fucking game love more. far cry i do love far cry uh but it's it's one of those where the where the vast open world is mostly just boring I, I take that back i don't run far cry after far cry three or four i don't know the far cry about the religious hillbillies was pretty Five. good well but yeah it, it, i, I can't like comment the, on that when i haven't played it i felt the uh the environment was kind of familiar too because it's yeah, set, like yeah. in a room real rural country. Remember, yeah, <laughs> I'm from East Tennessee.
0: I went on a uh, <laughs> uh, like a, a company trip with the company I work for, and they took us out from Williamsport, Tennessee. Um, it was, and they rented a bunch of uh, off-road vehicles, like they're called side by sides, and kind of like dune buggies, I guess.
1: Yeah,
0: and we went. Here's the thing this rental place doesn't have their own private property. So we just went through Tennessee back roads for like 80 miles. Like, just through, like, have you ever been like in those, you know, out, out, just out in the sticks, those, those roads that yeah. just not even gravel, just dirt. And then they'll just go off until, like, okay, well, that's not at all drivable or, or hardly walk, walkable. <laughs> Well, it's like there's right. hundreds there's of miles. Day of of day that out there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they just take people on tours and
2: it's fucking <laughs> sick. It was actually fucking awesome. Nice. Now, yeah. now imagine that, but you're out in the middle of nowhere, and then you get captured by some <laughs> some by some cultists, and they put you up on a meat hook, and then they accidentally resurrect you. <laughs> oh, and then all of a sudden you have one. to kill all the cultists, and that's dusk. <laughs> oh
1: shit. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You That's talked it. about Doom. I feel like they they they're pretty good at taking one thing and making it pretty good. It specifically, I'm talking about Doom Eternal. Uh, yeah. I thought mm-hmm. that was a that was a yeah, great game. Cool. The shooting mechanic, and it's not necessarily just one thing, but it's one of those things where it's like there's plenty of games that shoot and do all this other stuff, but Doom, it's like it's all about that fighting mechanic. That's what the game is built upon, really.
2: Yeah, I would I would rather something do do one thing really well. Yeah, then try to do a bunch of stuff, kind of mediocre.
1: I really liked to do Eternal for that. That was a that was a great game.
2: Do um, you have any thoughts
1: about the afterlife, or if there is one? Are the elective, right? <laughs> so, let, me, let
0: me um actually like not ask that you was a shitty hard segment.
1: Like that's uh, a question.
0: let me let me <laughs> phrase that in a way that's not a terrible. Uh, <laughs> do you have any preconceptions about death and what comes after? So, I mean. I feel like it's often kind of surprising like especially given like what a cynical like thing I, I write music about like I am Christian like I grew up like really immersed in that my dad's a preacher like I have what a denomination I mean, if you don't mind me asking well so he was come Presbyterian um but like it, it was one of those things like that's that's what he got a job in like I I feel like I I had a I had the benefit that like my parents are not fundamentalists in any way whatsoever, um, and and because of that, like we we've grown up like with a fairly like reasonable kind of kind of view on some things. Whereas like denominations are, are not football teams; like mm-hmm. you don't have <laughs> to pick one and like you know live and die by that. Sure. Like you know it's and it's it's okay to have some difference in opinion on on some things, huh, and that yeah. that doesn't that doesn't negate whether like the overall church is one that's doing good or not doing good well i think Um, denominations actually completely defeat the purpose right because it's like it should be a conversation it shouldn't be a dictation about what this means yeah so so yeah i mean like and you know that's something that like like i feel like i'm in a weird spot with that because like basic basically I, i think i think i am by default an agnostic like i would like the only reason i'm still christian is because i have like one thing i i can't i can't tell myself didn't happen that like makes me hold on to that um it's you want to tell us about it i mean i can um I, yeah i'd love to hear about it um so so when i was 13 um my 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 dad's church, which this is like the first year that like he had been a preacher, you know he was in seminary when I was in elementary and in, in part of middle school um uh the first year that we we went out we were outside of Clarksville we moved there for for him to take that church and uh we we went on a mission trip and the mission trip is not anything overwhelmingly exciting it's essentially going into appalachian mountains and like partnering with some church that doesn't have a whole lot of funds to help them put on a vacation Bible school. Um, the cynic inside me like is well aware that vacation Bible schools are not particularly helpful to, to anybody that like it, it's, you know, if, if it turns out that, that we are totally wrong and Christianity has no bearing on anything, a VBS on its own did not make anybody's mm-hmm. lives better. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the good things that we did do though is that like we made sure to like also emphasize a lot of kind of community partnership and like cleanup and stuff Mm -hmm. and so we were we were partnering partnering with this church um but we were actually set up in a local what used to be a school and it was abandoned but like it it kind of like been it was sometimes used as an event center but also it wasn't well maintained so like when we got there like you know Broken glass everywhere. Like cleaning out, like dead animals. Like you know, really not safe place for people. Um, and we're working on that. And you know, and then on top of that, trying to like you know do do these like you know Bible classes and stuff at the same time. Um, traditionally, with that that approach to like a lot of churches when they do vacation Bible schools, they try to get in some kind of altar call. Um, usually towards the end of it once, you know, like there, there's been some level of teaching that's that's occurred. Um, and it's always traditional to do that on Fridays. Um, you know, just the last day, you just kind of like a, you've learned a little bit about what this is, you know, if you want to join, great. Um, on Wednesday, we we were back at kind of our home base. We were at Lincoln Memorial University, where like a whole bunch of these churches would would stay in the dorms, and you know until they would all spread out in their different directions. And um, I was hanging out. I mean, you know, it's thirteen year old on a college campus with no one there. Like most of the time, we were just like going to the gym or like just exploring and like seeing you know this this campus or whatever. And I was I was walking. I was I was near my friends, and we were just hanging out, and. The best I can describe is like if you've ever read an X-Men comic when like Charles Xavier is like sending a message telepathically, I heard in my head, you have to ask them on Thursday. And like I, I cannot possibly stress enough how little that was my own voice. It felt so intrusive. Mm-mm. Um it it just felt just so completely foreign and incomprehensible. And it felt like somebody had taken over my brain and, and I felt that, and I felt this, this overwhelming incomprehension that, that, that I had just experienced something that, that, that people aren't really supposed to experience. Mm-hmm. And um and I started crying like on the spot. Um and I went and found my dad and he th- he thought I was having just like a breakdown. Like he didn't understand what was happening at first. And then and then I told him and what I told him ended up being very similar to something that he had also experienced when he was younger. When that was kind of a similar thing of like something that didn't feel right that didn't feel normal and that when taken in an assessment of, of what every experience leading up to that had been that this was something different and and I, I talked to him about it. there was a couple other churches we were partnered with and he talked to their pastors and he said like look I don't pretend to have any understanding of what's going on but it feels like after everything we studied and every every scriptural passage where where in scripture god does frequently appear and talk to people and and also often leaves people with this this similar overwhelmed mm-hmm. kind of state that it feels like if we ignore this what are we doing yeah um yeah and and because of that um we did do the ultra column it, it would be a very wild thing to just write off yeah
2: like what um, the fuck
0: yeah and so and so we did the ultra column Thursday and and I I was the one who ended up doing it because I said you know what if 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 the message was meant for us it would have come to us um and something like 21 kids came up for that as like a like we're we're going to profess our faith and you know, like people have different opinions on whether that, you know, if it's really a one or done, like I said it once, I'm good or or not. Um I have no idea. Um, I'm I'm not God. I, I have no idea what the rules are for that. Um and one thing that I very deeply regret that as a 13 year old I did not have a foresight to do is check and see if a single one of those kids didn't show up on Friday. Mm. I really wish I had. Um, Because like, because I have no idea why that could possibly matter. Um, Instinctively, my thought is like, why would it? Um, And I mean, you know, yeah, this was a church that was struggling, didn't have large attendance, but like, there's nowhere in America where you can't get to a church. And that place is no exception. Like, and so you know part part of me, part of me feels really skeptical about that, but i but I also know I never felt that way ever again. Mm-hmm. I have insane levels of stress tolerance. i mean, I, I taught in in a middle school in Antioch for five years and never broke down the way I did on a Wednesday on a mission trip that's largely mm-hmm. a vacation for most people. Mm-hmm. like, um, and and I really wanted to experience that again. That was not the last mission trip I did. And there would be times where I would pray desperately. Like I, one thing I found is that, you know, I was very new to being a preacher's kid at that point. I hated that. Um, I learned so many horrible things about people who are professing Christians and who show up every Sunday mm-hmm. and act like they're good people. And they are fucking monsters mm. in real life. And yes. knowing that at 14 years old and having a front row seat mm-hmm. to knowing who in your church is a pedophile, who mm. in your church is beating their life, who is so fucked up on alcohol all the time, which people defrauded the church and abused mm. their charity and then fucking bought themselves new shit instead of taking care of their kids. Like the rest of my experience as a as a preacher's kid always made me like the church less Mm. the only reason i i cannot give up on it is because i have to make that decision of like did i go crazy because i i know i felt that and um and and sometimes i wonder at this point like did the altar call matter or is it just that i needed something Mm. to hold on to because because i i would have a hundred percent given up my faith at at this point just based off of just the entire rest of the history of of being at that church um had so few silver linings to it that like i i i would have happily and like like i said i mean like if it weren't for that i would i would have i mean i still don't feel comfortable telling anybody what to believe like yeah like i if I'm the only Christian in here, like I a hundred percent respect that. No, um, So I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but I can relate to some you. of what, but I'm going to, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm going, it's okay. I'm I don't want lot, to, but yeah. I'm going to anyway. Yeah. Um, I can relate to some of what you're saying. I was raised as a Jehovah's witness third generation. Yeah. Um, And both my granddads were um, well, both of one of my granddads was a presiding overseer, which means he wasn't, just one of the elders he was like the presiding elder mm-hmm. and then my other granddad was just an elder in his congregation and then one of my uncles was also so it's like third generation like long family of jehovah's witnesses yeah um and i the the hypocrisy uh the things that go on um and get covered up yeah Yeah, that's Um, that's a big part of it. Fully aware that these things are happening and not reporting them to the police. Yeah. That is what not only Jehovah's Witnesses do. That's what a lot of, not all, obviously. Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe. (laughs) I guess that's not obvious necessarily. I'm not saying that all denominations of uh, religion, not just Christianity, but religion do that.
1: Yeah, but, but also, certainly there, many do.
0: There, I, I would I would be very surprised if there's any denomination where that's never happened. At least mm-hmm. at the at the local church level. I mean, is, from yeah. an organizational standpoint sorry, you know, I, from an organizational standpoint, it makes sense that you don't want that to get out about your organization from a preservation point of view. Yeah, but it's also mm-hmm. just really fucked up ethically. Okay.
1: Anyway, the thing I was saying is, is that all religions and all denominations and everything contain people, and people are shitty. Yeah. Yeah. So they're gonna do shitty things. You can't really blame that on your religion. Yeah. Yeah, Like say it's God's fault, or well, that's a different argument. You can't say that it's Christianity's fault that Christians are shitty. Yeah. uh, People are shitty. No. Yeah. I
0: I've I've always like sometimes sometimes people like ask me about you know kind of preachers kid kind of growing up stuff, and I I think a lot of times like I'm not the stereotype of what they think like that turns into, and like I well. what i found is that for people for people who are willing to like engage with the reality of what christian christianity is you know pe- people who don't bury their heads in the sand about it you've only got you have you've, you've got a couple choices you can lose faith in god or you can lose faith in people but you you can't have both of those intact by mm. the time you get through it mm. and uh, that's, i that's deep i i definitely lost faith in people specifically um <laughs> At the same time, you know, it, it, without that one experience, I would have lost faith in God as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, um, so I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why. So so to travel back just a little bit, what, what is the, uh, what is the afterlife look like to you? What is that? What More specifically, what do you think happens after people die? I mean, I, I think, because think, um, because it's all like, like, um, I guess what I'm saying is obvious, obviously it's not as simple as, um, like no, I'm no. a Christian, right. right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, so like I said, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm somebody who's okay with admitting like, Anything I say is gonna be a guess. Oh, um, oh yeah. You know, so to be perfectly so, clear, yeah. One thing I really like about this question is nobody fucking knows. Yeah. I know as much about this as anybody else in the world, and everybody else knows just about much about this as anyone else. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I, I guess I guess my ideal would be that that there that there is a heaven. I if Christianity turns out to be right, I don't think there's a pathway where heaven doesn't exist. Um something I am on the fence about. Um, my wife is Catholic, um, and I I have not joined the Catholic Church, but I also, if, if there's one thing that's very telling that, like, any kind of Protestant upbringing, like, didn't take very strongly, it's the fact that, like, I don't automatically think Catholics are wrong about everything mm-hmm. that they have <laughs> as, you know, different,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that's one thing, cool. like, I personally take a lot of comfort in the idea of a, of a purgatory existing, mm-hmm. because I, I do know that there are people who i i think just despite having lost faith in a lot of people i do know that there are some some people who are are trying really hard to be good mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that they said that jesus was their lord and savior but i i do have a really hard time wrapping my head around the idea of eternal damnation mm-hmm. for people who tried to be good mm-hmm. um and i and i would sincerely hope that that is not the case and I, I think that purgatory is a very that that is a concept that helps alleviate that issue sure. a little bit and um, so yeah like it's a deterrent. Still
1: pretty unfair but i guess it's better than as yeah. well yeah. you
0: know if you think about it there's there's plenty of deterrence in scripture like let's look at the old testament right it's like you have um who was it who was the prophet that went up go up you bald head Moses. Do you remember? Uh, what
1: are you telling it it Elijah. Bad, Elijah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So the <laughs> prophet Elijah was going up to the temple and um, forty-two uh children run up to him and they're mocking him Old <laughs> oh man yeah yeah and go and they up. they get eaten by the bear yeah so when he gets up there he <laughs> makes an offering to God and prays yeah. and God sends two bears from the woods to mall, he's forty two. So, is this a real story? Yeah. yeah. So, but here's the thing: ancient,
1: ancient Jews knew that was a fucking story. No, that really <laughs> happened, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so frustrating. It's like it's only in like the last five hundred years that people think that actually happened.
0: And it like, right. but well, it's like how like Jonah too, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. Not, yeah, like there, there's so there many are... of those. Job is my favorite example because who yeah. the fuck is telling the story? Yeah. <laughs> who the fuck is I, it's like god in heaven okay but are you watching it what
1: once yeah. a time there was Definitely. god
0: <laughs> i i think there's an interesting idea that like like i think i think um you know for people who are literalists which like i i think that's a kind of an insane way to, to look at uh, scripture but like, yeah. like they seem to think that like jesus invented the parable um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that he was just like what if i told stories yeah. that helped explain ideas oh yeah and they were just yeah. like oh like, that's a good invention Jesus. like that's so not what the entire old about. testament is yeah, yeah. um yeah where you know I, I think like i mean even like garden of eden like i mean i like i said i, I happen to believe in the fossil record and, and evolution yeah. to me like garden of eden isn't necessarily the hill to die you know that's right only now. and what, <clears throat> what's really frustrating is that's only recently a um a uh, controversial view Yeah, for you to have yeah (laughs) uh ancient Um, people knew that this is an allegory for uh a deeper concept right um yeah uh fuck i had oh yeah but um i gave the example of the bears because it's like yeah that shit didn't happen but it's something you tell your kids so they won't go in the fucking woods and break their leg yeah and it's like that's what hell is it's so you don't treat people like shit and it's not i don't know (laughs) I, like, I mean, you know, yeah, whatever your interpretation of, of it is, I'm not, you know, I don't have the absolute view on it. That's just what makes sense to me. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I, I have no idea. I... So, so you, you did mention that you believe in a heaven. Do you, you, you have a hard time wrapping your head around a hell. Um, a purgatory seems nice to you. That's kind of I, I mean, I, I, I'm okay with the idea of a hell, like, cause I, I do think there are people who, who earn their spot. Like, I mean, you know, it's like, I, like, I mean, my, my struggles really just come down to like the fact that like every, every part of me feels like when I die, like it's going to be nothing. Like, but then that experience kind of forces me into a pathway where like, where, where there would likely be an afterlife um you know i, I feel like it would be very weird if like if it turned out some other religion was right and they were like we're gonna force him to have him, like a supernatural experience but we're not going to actually put him in the right path like you know that that would it's like thanks buddha like you could have <laughs> mentioned
1: like you know um <laughs>
2: So sorry, man.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Who are
0: you?
1: Too busy playing spiro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but deep, deep, right. deep in enlightenment with my spiro. Enlightenment, but, right? But you know, lighten those motherfuckers up. I'm gonna right? them up. <laughs> but
0: I, you know, I I do think that there are there are people out there who who do have a very full awareness of what the right thing to mm-hmm. do is, and and outright consciously <laughs> reject that. Yeah, I have I have far less of an issue with somebody not being swayed by christianity especially given what a bad pr job actual christians do on it yeah but when i see somebody who who you know intentionally withholds help from other people and who understands the impact that that their decisions are going to have on other people and accept that as acceptable collateral damage because it makes better sense for them somebody like that i mean i, I if hell exists for people like that, I feel like that's okay um, i'm I'm open to the idea of forgiveness and personal growth, but there are a lot of people and especially people in power. Um, you know I think about like, you know there, there is that um that that line where um a rich man asks Jesus, you know what do I need to do to get into heaven? I've kept all the commandments. Um, Jesus says, you know give away your possessions and follow me." And uh, when when the man expresses sadness because he has all this stuff, Jesus says, "You know, if if, um it's is easier for a uh, camel to go through the eye of a needle than it's for a rich man to get into heaven." And we see the like the the corruption and the indifference to human suffering that a lot of people with tons of power and influence and wealth hold, and the the pure unapologetic outlook that. A certain level of human suffering is acceptable. And there are a lot of those people who never show any remorse, who never do anything to make up for the damage that they cause, and then they die. And if there is an afterlife, and if there is any level of evaluation that goes into where you end up in the afterlife, I can't imagine the argument for them going anywhere else. Hmm. I, I just recently got into Zoroastrianism. Yeah. Learned a little bit about this. Very little. Um, are you familiar? Not, not enough to to not get a rundown. Yeah. So uh, Mesopotamian predates Judaism. It's um, the concept is you have a, a being of pure light and a being of pure evil uh, creation, darkness, yin yang, and they're eternally separate. Um, we call it heaven and hell. And then uh, the creator makes a middle ground physical realm, knowing that the evil one will enter it and corrupt it uh, with the sole purpose of being kind to him and teaching him love so that he'll stop being evil and integrate it. So I think it's, a, I, I don't know how true that is uh, literally, but I find a lot of truth in that, at least personally. The point of life for me, at least in part, a big part of it, is to be kind to people that don't deserve it. Um, On top of that, I think I had a kind of vision quest of my own where I saw a, uh, I was shown that the universe, uh, I was was in an altered state of mind, but I was shown that the universe in the beginning uh, is kind of woke up to itself. Um, And created life so it wasn't alone it could pretend it wasn't alone anymore so it goes down and enters that thing and so i think we're all the same person um we're all god made flesh um and what makes us different is our biology and the things we go through in life um i think i'm i i think there's some truth to both of these concepts i've just thrown at you and I'm I'm kind of like integrating them into my own idea, um, so I think that that's kind of where I'm coming from. It at this is kind of also really new new philosophy for me. So <laughs> uh, I guess that's um, the reason I bring it up is that's kind of how I'm wrapping my head around a concept of hell. Is you have that's just where evil comes from, mm. and so also if you have this idea of good being kind to evil unnecessarily to integrate it you could also have a pushback right so you have evil corrupting goodness and dragging it to hell with it so maybe that if if you're bad you get dragged down into the dark space rather than being brought into the light you know something like that maybe i yeah, mean so uh, that was a rant uh, no it's yeah
1: unless the constant uh, could be the constant balance right yeah universe, maybe it never fucking
0: balanced like maybe it's just in constant balance like they're yeah. too they're too equally powerful There's and we're always stuck
2: good that's from what the bad we are we are the, the equal balance of good and but you bad. know what
1: yeah we're the in between we're the media we are demons and angels together damn we're... and and it
0: might look like that forever but you know what maybe it's just because of how i was raised but i feel apocalyptic like things are about to go down i mean i think that's that's really prevalent sentimental right now yeah yeah like i just I, like there's it's something like in the air man and it has been for years it's like it's it's dense yeah. i've
1: honestly felt that since i was a kid yeah yeah like which since 9 and i still feel that way <laughs> i've 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 continuously felt like it does feel like it is just fucking like ready to go down yeah but well, like it isn't being like preached for thousands you know i bet like, every generation that being way. breached by
2: somebody right. that, we're not the first generation like that's felt everybody's that. everybody's right, right, but right. you and know what there's probably there might be an
0: argument that it's more true for us because we're at the beginning the very beginning of this technology boom like yeah. we've had cars for 200 years at max not even 100 that
1: was like early 1900s when we started them. okay
0: yeah so 100 years basically internet for 30 40 50 something like that
1: and it's yeah, like, like, usable internet for most people is, like, in the mid-90s. So, like, 30, 30 yeah. something years, maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: And then... Yeah. So, like, that's what <laughs> I'm saying,
1: because I'm like, damn, that was that long ago, wasn't it?
0: And that's <laughs> nothing. That's nothing yeah. in the course of even just human history. And it's, like... We have no idea what the fuck's coming, and I just—I don't know. I have a lot of anxiety about it, so it's good to talk to you guys. It's good to—it's <laughs> yeah. good to talk
1: to you guys about
0: all. Yeah, it's um, good to share my anxiety with you and make you dream. Of it now. Misery loves coming. Butter apocalyptic zombie theme band makes people feel better. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. You know, on that, um, like when I when I was eighteen, I moved out of my parents' house and got a, got away from being a witness, and I immediately started going and saying live music. And yeah. you guys were one of the first bands that, like, I, I had seen and was, like, oh, really blown really... away by. It. And I, I just want to say, like, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that, like, live music saved my life. Because um, that replaced the uh, the church and the social setting. Yeah. I was also homeschooled. So my like my entire setting. social yeah. setting was my church. So when I left, like, that became my new my new
1: church Mm -hmm. and
0: there's something spiritual about about what you guys do in live music you know well thanks yeah i mean like it's really important (laughs) yeah it's um i don't know i mean like i i think i don't know it's it's a really cool thing to be doing and like one thing that i really like about our band that i i don't know that any other band that I could be doing would necessarily do is that like resistance is supposed to be entertaining Mm -hmm. um that it's like like I mean obviously like what we just talked about you know there's a lot of like real anger and cynicism and and stuff and like it would be very easy to do a band that was entirely bad all the time Mm -hmm. and like when I write stuff outside of resistance like it is significantly less of a good time like I mean (laughs) you know it's, it's uh but like but Resistance is, like, always formatted. Like, like there might be songs that get more serious to drive, you know, certain story elements forward, but, like, it is fiction. It is storytelling. It is meant to be something fun for people, like, kind of lose themselves in a little bit and, and just, uh, just get invested in a plot line just of fictional characters and, and have some jokes along the way and, you know, try to write some catchy melodies to, to go along with it. And it's like it it's such a weird, like, obvious thing, but, like, I do think there are some bands that don't really have make a fun band be, like, part of their overall vision for it, um, you know, that that it, you know, it, it can sometimes get lost in, like, the, you know, we gotta, we got you know, stay really heavy and deep or, you know, like, some people really over rely on, like, if it's personal, nobody can say it's bad um mm-hmm. you know that like if, that's interesting that it's like you know if it's yeah. if, it, if it's real obviously it's well written mm-hmm. which is obviously not the case but I, I think that it, it can be a really defensive way to approach things and there <laughs> there there are a lot of it's very easy to come up with a band where you can lose sight of the fact that like this should be a good time for the audience a lot of times yeah. like you know there there is a place for just you know for doing some heavy and harder stuff but like at the end of the day like there's not a lot of fun in real life right now. And, and I, I think that, um you know, if you can do something that is is going to be at least a, a little bit intentionally enjoyable, like that, that means something. And and I, I think that like, because some, sometimes I think that we do run into musicians or like, you know, just people who are like, why the hell are you doing this? Like, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, especially like anytime I've ever played a song, not, about zombies for people they're just like so why the fuck are you doing what you're doing like you know like you can write a song that's not that like <laughs> um but but at, at the end of the day it's like well I have an easier time figuring out how to make this fun for everybody
1: i love what you guys do um Talk about I, having fun being important sorry alex but uh, there i it drives me crazy when i see a band i saw one recently and the guy is shredding absolutely shredding <laughs> on the guitar doing incredible stuff but he looks bored as fuck yeah. so i was bored as fuck oh, that, mm. that was, you know that what was i mean but if he was just doing some of this <laughs> and looked excited and was having a good time yeah. everybody would have been into it but he didn't he was just like he looked pissed he looked like he really didn't want to be there it's yeah. called shoegaze <laughs> <laughs> right and it's like i don't know maybe maybe you think you're too cool to be here i don't know but it's natural yeah then we're not having a good time you know so i think that fun is important and we try to implement that and i love to see that in groups so yeah that's super cool
0: yeah you guys are really good at performance art too we think that it's
1: really important because we it's like like you said man it's like if you're not having a good time what are you doing up there
0: yeah why are you doing it i think it fits thematically too because it's like It's it's the house band at the end of the world, basically. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like kind Uh, of like a metaphorical end of the world, but also literally because it's the end of the world. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's, that's actually fucking happening. That's been such a such a challenge um, with like the last couple of years is like you know how how much do we want to lean into the fact that like a lot of our songs have either they've either aged really well or really terribly. I mean, like you know we we have a song called Quarantine. We we have a song about crazy conspiracy theorists called not so crazy now like you know we we have a song called thank the scientists like you know there's a lot of stuff that like you, like you could tell somebody oh, we wrote up. we could we could tell somebody we wrote all of this post-covid and like yep. like it people would, make would absolutely sense. believe yeah like, yeah um and you know and, and like you you start to to kind of like ask yourself like okay like on one hand i mean it's like kind of an elephant in the room but it's like it's a little weird to like play and not acknowledge it but also, like, we're very irreverent about the the material and our music. Like, I mean, there's a lot of like self-deprecation and and like humor baked into the fact that like this is, you know, like the the content of what's being said is is somewhat absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, now that is so close to <laughs> some like genuinely traumatic things that that people experience. Like, how much do we want to, you know, mm-hmm. poke at that? Or it's a fine or... line. Yeah. Um yeah. and I think like I, I feel like um for a while when we did get back to playing shows again, like, you know, it, it felt like like it it was it felt like it was hard to come up with anything else to say other than that. And over over time I'm I'm like trying to move away from that because it's like there's there's only so many times that like you can keep making the same jokes about that before it's just like <laughs> man, it's like it's not a good time anymore. Um, <laughs> But uh, well, that's the thing about jokes. If you tell it enough times, it get, starts getting boring. But then it comes full circle if you just keep saying it. Uh, that's why Freebird's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the only times I've been particularly rude to an audience member is because they asked for Freebird. Nice. Yeah. Well, he deserved it. Yeah. Uh, Well, gentlemen, this has been a great time. Yeah. Uh, thank you for doing this. Uh, Alice, they've got the EP coming out digitally on Halloween. And then uh, catch them November 5th at Springwater. Yeah. you have anything coming up?
1: Uh, not other than the uh, uh, we're doing the Lincoln Park tribute show November 15th. November 15th. Mm-hmm. We'll be part of it. We're not doing it, but we'll be doing a couple of songs. All you guys? Mm-hmm. Okay, check. Course, uh, Andy. Andy. Well, yeah. Okay, um, I don't know Andy. But yeah, anyway yeah cool (laughs) well yeah go, go do
0: all that alice and uh links below check them out bye
1: bye